the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The airing of this program by this station is not an endorsement or recommendation by the station of the products or services discussed in the program. The station does not guarantee the results of any investments made by a listener to this program. Josh Pick is the Chief Investment Advisor with Aptus Wealth Management, a state-registered investment advisory firm. This program is sponsored by Aptus Wealth Management. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell financial vehicle. This information should not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult with professionals to see if any ideas expressed would fit their specific situation. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Securities can fluctuate and when redeemed may be more or less than when originally invested. Thanks for joining us on the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Radio Show. I'm Bruce Hooley here with Josh Pick of Aptus Wealth Management. Thanks for giving us your time today. Tell your friends about the show. We'd love to have you share our content with them. As you get wiser when it comes to your investments and working toward financial independence later on in life, Josh and the Aptus team are fiduciaries. That means they are legally obligated to do what is best for you. And you can have that conversation with them about what that looks like for your investments by taking advantage of the free consultation that they offer you. You can set it up by calling their office, 614-917-1040. Their office is located in Lewis Center. It's just off Route 750. Very easy to get to, not far from 23 and 270. So make your appointment either by the phone, 614-917-1040, or you can also make it online. Their web address is aptuswealth, A-P-T-U-S, aptuswealth.com. If you're getting into the show in the middle and you'd like to hear the beginning of the show, the show will replay tomorrow starting at noon. So I've seen some things recently, and we have talked a lot on this show about Roth IRAs. And I guess I was unaware that you can be ineligible for an IRA, if or for a Roth IRA, if you make more than $300,000 a year. Uh, I didn't know that. Uh, a Roth IRA, let's just briefly tell people why a Roth IRA might be more advantageous to people than a regular IRA. Yes, two types of IRAs. Uh, start with a traditional because it, it's pertinent to this conversation. A traditional IRA is much like your 401k. You put in money pre-tax. So you get a tax deduction today. The money grows tax-deferred, but every dollar you pull out in the future will be taxable. A Roth IRA, on the other hand, you put, on, you put in after-tax dollars. All the money grows tax-deferred, but every nickel you pull out is tax-free. So particularly for people who have kind of a long runway, there can be huge advantages in taxation from being able to do a Roth. But you're absolutely right. It's not exactly 300000 and it's different for single versus married filing jointly filers. But there is an income limitation on contributions to a Roth IRA. We're not talking about Roth IRA conversions, but contributions. When you can put in that 6500 bucks a year or 7500 depending on your age, you can only make a certain amount of money or you can't do it. Okay, so if I caught that right, with a traditional IRA, you are paying the taxes on the withdrawals when you pull the money out. Correct. And with a Roth IRA, you're paying the taxes up front. When you draw the money out, it's not taxable because it's already been taxed. Correct. Okay, so I guess the theory behind capping those who could have uh, or contribute to a Roth IRA 
would be that you're wealthy, you're making over $300,000 a year, and they don't want you to delay your tax bill. Yeah, so much so it's very clear because even a traditional IRA where you can get to contribute and write off the taxes, mm-hmm. you don't get to do that when you make too much money too. Mm. Unless your employer does not have a 401k, in which case then they allow you to go back and do it. So the moral of the story here is company-sponsored plans, really no limitation. But when you get beyond that, if you want to come up with tax-favorable ways to invest and you make a good high income, you can't do it anymore. Okay, so when Sherry and I sat for our consultation with you guys and we became clients at Aptus, one of the things that really impressed us was your knowledge of the tax implications of every decision that people make regarding their investments. And that obviously enters into this conversation regarding IRA versus Roth IRA. And back to my original question about the cap on people who can contribute to a Roth IRA, um, I know, obviously, goes without saying that everything you guys do is legal and above board there. But I have seen some things on social media about people offering workarounds on these IRA or these Roth IRA limitations. Um, are these people to stay away from at all costs, or is there such a thing as a a legitimate workaround or backdoor way to get into a Roth? Yeah, they creatively have named it the backdoor Roth IRA. Right? Okay. Uh, well, and, at least they're putting it out there as to what they're doing. Yeah, and it, it's completely legal. Okay. It's completely fine. I'll explain the mechanics of it, but I think what people overlook is there are some caveats. So the mechanics of it are this. I can put money – I can't put money into a Roth IRA because I make too much money. Okay. I can put money into a traditional IRA, but I don't get the tax benefits for doing so. So if I make too much money, I don't get to write off the contribution to my traditional IRA – I would have a basis. Every dollar that I gain inside of that traditional IRA would then be taxed when I withdraw it, but mm-hmm. I at least get tax deferral. So, okay, there's a benefit there. But there's no income limitation on a Roth conversion. Okay. So I can't do a Roth IRA, but what I can do is I can do a traditional IRA and then the next day convert the darn thing to a Roth, which is <laughs> the same thing, the same way to get there, right? Yeah. So we call this a backdoor Roth IRA. So, yes, there is a way to get in a Roth, even though you make too much money. Okay, so I'm surprised that's available because if there's a reason to keep people from contributing to a Roth IRA because their income level is above a certain point, why would it be so easy as to open a conventional IRA and convert it to a Roth? I would think that would be a door that would be closed and locked tight. If there's one thing we've learned uh, from I've learned from listening to your show, it's that uh, Washington always makes very logical decisions. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, joking, obviously, it doesn't have to make sense. It's just the laws. But I think, you know, where people get hurt is they don't read the re- they, they read that much and they go, Eureka, I can do whatever I want. Yeah. But there are caveats. And one of the caveats that everybody needs to pay attention to is something called the pro rata rule. And pro rata just means. If I have, so let's take that same scenario. I want to put the money into a non-deductible traditional IRA and then immediately convert it to a Roth, but I also have another million-dollar IRA that I, I had a 401k, I rolled it over to an IRA, and I'm, it's just been growing, and I'm leaving that alone. They aggregate all of your IRAs together. You're talking about IRS now, or who are you talking about? They. The IRS. Okay. They aggregate them all together, and they say, okay, you converted a $6,000 IRA, 
which was non-deductible. That's your contribution was non-deductible. So it doesn't cost you any taxes to do this. But as a percentage of the total, that's only 0.6% of your total assets. So only po- that means 99.4% is taxable when you do the Roth conversion because we aggregated all your accounts together. Ooh. So you think I pulled this off and then you get a 1099 at the end of the year that says, actually, no, you owe taxes on about $6,000 extra. So you have to be careful with this. Now, there's end arounds around that yeah, because they don't aggregate or pro rata 401ks. So what you do, <laughs> if you want to be clever, you say, I want to manage my own money in my IRA, but I also want to do this Roth conversion thing. So I'm going to transfer my money into my 401k for a day, then transfer it back out when I'm done. And now I didn't, when I did it, I didn't have any of the other IRAs. It was all my 401k. Now, that's a lot of extra work, and it's very cumbersome for one $6,000 contribution. But I think the point here is, anecdotally, we hear a lot of things, and I'm included in this. I, I have Instagram, and I watch Instagram Reels, and they're, they're enjoyable. Yeah. Uh, Boy, they're insidious, man. They'll eat your day right up. Oh, great way to waste a day. Yeah. Uh, terrible way to waste a day, actually, uh, which is why I put a time limit on my own phone like I'm a child. Yeah. But nevertheless, they give you part of the information and ignore all the gotchas. And then you go exercise the part of the information you know, and you get burned with a gotcha. And I I see this consistently as it relates to tax code, as it relates to investing, as it relates to everything. You'll get 90% of the information, bank on it, and the 10% is what bites you. Uh, Set up your consultation with Josh and the team to not get taken in by something that would be a lot of, you know, paperwork mumbo jumbo that wouldn't really benefit you. Some of this stuff may really benefit you and they'll be able to tell you whether it is worth going through and jumping through all these hoops or not. 614-917-1040 is their number at the office to set up your free no obligation consultation. 614-917-1040 or at aptuswealth, A-P-T-U-S, aptuswealth.com. So, I have an inherent skepticism on things like this where your max contribution is, as you said, 6000 Is this something that is put out as a way to do something that seems blocked? So kind of we've talked before about FOMO, fear of missing out. Yeah. Hey, we've got a way around this, and you're really missing out if you don't take this way around it. People would be... At least my inherent skepticism tells me people would be trying to get people to do this, and it's doable and it's legal, but that the people who would really benefit in some way would be the people trying to get you to do it, um, but maybe not, because it all would, could all be done by your own financial advisor. Yeah. Why, yeah. why are people selling this idea? It must work for somebody. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a great strategy, and it works for a lot of people. Matter of fact, I've done it in the past myself. Okay. Um, so I, I I don't think it's a terrible strategy. I just think that when we kind of carte blanche say this is a strategy that will apply to the masses and everybody should do it, we're not necessarily covering all of the fiduciary elements of this. Meaning, uh, you know, did I un did I turn over every stone and make sure that you're not going to get burnt by this? And usually, the people that are recommending it are quite frankly getting clicks. And not actually providing the end-all advice, and they're not on the hook for the advice. Because if you're – listen, if you don't have any sort of licensure or any ability to recommend services or investments to clients, you can say whatever you want. You don't have any sort of fiduciary yeah. liability yeah. to do it, and you can't get punished by the SEC. You can do whatever you want. 
Yeah, you hit on it there, the clicks. And that might be a lot of it is the clicks because I don't understand all the monetization of clicks, but there's no doubt that that is out there. Okay, uh, Josh and his team are fiduciaries. They'll do what's legally obligated. Uh, they're, they're required to do what's legally ob- – they're legally obligated, rather, to do what is best for you. And they will always, of course, uh, be in compliance with uh, all the financial laws and regulations that are out there. Uh, and certainly you do your very, very best to keep people from making the big mistakes, which is why I've counseled people all along before you make any big expenditure or any big thing – Always get a hold of your fiduciary and make sure that they understand what you're doing because they might be able to tell you uh, a better way to do it. Came across a story this week about a topic we've discussed a lot, Social Security distributions and when to take them. And I saw a statement that I had not seen uh, as boldly stated before. They claim it is a mistake for people to take Social Security at age 62, and they advocate waiting until age 70 because they say your benefits go up 8% each year. And they didn't factor in, you know, catastrophic health issues or whatever, if you know you have a disease. But um, that is, in the eyes of this particular uh, study, a mistake that people make in retirement is taking Social Security as soon as they can take it. I don't necessarily agree that it's always a bad idea to wait and take it until 70 versus 62. I mean, one of the reasons being exactly what you just said, sometimes, uh, you know, let's say a client walks in, they say, nobody in my family has ever lived past the age of 64. Mm Mm-hmm. Why would you wait until you're 66 to start collecting your Social Security? Um, And there are other reasons why you may want to wait that aren't just to do with cash flow. For example, you may say, I want to take Social Security at 62, but I plan on continuing to work. And now the income offset would wreak havoc on my Social Security benefit. But I think what the the spirit of that um, of that article probably says is when you're thinking about cash flow, and you're thinking about longevity insurance or the, the prospect of running out of money in the long run, not only am I going to get a higher dollar amount for the rest of my life, but all of my inflation adjustments, which have been quite significant over the last few years, will be attributed to that higher dollar amount. So if we're thinking about cash flow in the long run. Great point. Great point. We're great. However, the break-even point doesn't happen until your early 80s. So if you – and what I mean by that is if I if – I, if I'm going to get $2,000 today at 62 and I'm going to get you know, some odd percentage more than that the longer mm-hmm. I wait, well, then I'm foregoing the money I got at 62. If you kind of take those lines and you intersect them, kind of like the should I lease or buy a car, there is an intersection point. Mm-hmm. And that intersection point doesn't happen until your early 80s. So if, if you don't plan on having at least an average life expectancy to past average life expectancy, you're leaving money on the table by collecting late. Yeah, and two, you can you have to pay taxes on your Social Security given what your income is, you know, and so if you're, I would think most people are more likely to make less at age 70 than they are at 62. They're probably still a part of the workforce at 62. But check with Josh and his team, 614-917-1040. Your free consultation awaits you at Aptus Wealth Management. Again, located just off Route 750 in Lewis Center, 614-917-1040. Their web address to make your appointment for that consultation is aptuswealth.com, A-P-T-U-S, aptuswealth.com. All right, another mistake, uh, supposedly in quotation marks, is withdrawing from your 401k before your required minimum distributions kick in. As I understand it, you can take withdrawals from your 401k at 59 and a half, I think. But we've talked before about the power of compound interest and compound, you know, letting your money work for you for a longer period of time. So what do you think of their caution that uh, you should not withdraw from your 401k before 
your required minimum distributions kick in? Uh, unfortunately, I disagree with that in many instances. Uh, and the reason for that is because of taxes. Mm-hmm. So minimum required distributions, they just changed it. It used to be 70 and a half. You had to start taking money out of your IRAs whether you wanted to or not. And the reason for that is the IRS at some point, the government wants their money. Mm-hmm. And you've been kicking the can on taxes for a really long time. With the, the passing of the SECURE Act 1.0, which was just called the SECURE Act at the time, it went to 72. And now the SECURE Act 2.0 is kicking that can between 73 and 75 based upon your birth uh, year. So to say I'm going to wait until I'm 75 to use any of this money, um, why? I mean, you, you saved this money your entire life so that you could enjoy your life. Mm-hmm. Why wait until you're 75 years old to start enjoying your life and your money? But that's just kind of an altruistic reason about I, I want to, you know, there's no luggage racks on Hertz's. I want to enjoy the money while I'm here, right? And I'm not going to, the joke in our office is always anytime somebody comes in and says, I don't want to buy a Corvette today because I want to leave money to my kids. I always say, you know what they're going to buy? with your money when you're dead? A Corvette. <laughs> a Corvette. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not suggesting that people don't want to try and leave a legacy, uh, but let's be realistic about, about enjoying our own life as well. But there are other reasons. If you say, I do want to leave that legacy, there are other reasons to take money out prior to minimum required distributions. Let's say you're one of the fortunate people, and I had a scenario of the, this this week, where they had three plus million dollars in a traditional IRA, and they're not even 60 yet. Ooh, good for them. Great for them. But by the time they're 75 years old, they're going to have many, many, many more millions than that. And when we forecasted their minimum required distributions, it was hundreds of thousands of dollars. So at some point when they're 75, they're going to have to pay taxes on hundreds of thousands of dollars that they don't want to. First world problem. Mm -hmm. But could that cause other issues with the income that they're receiving? Could that cause other issues as it relates to their Medicare premium payment? Could that cause other issues? Of course. So if we could start taking that out, trickling it out over time, or converting it to Roth IRAs, could we slow that problem? Yes. So why wait? There are reasons not to wait. Yeah, and this points out the wisdom that I think is um, really, you just forfeit it if you don't uh, avail yourself of the expertise of Josh and the Aptis team. That's what uh, totally impressed my wife and I. One of the many aspects of our conversation with them, it's why we're Aptis clients, is you get these kinds of, um, you know, sage, this, this kind of sage advice so that you don't just say, well, I read it on the Internet. It must be true. 614-917-1040 to get with Josh and his team at Aptus. All right, here's another one. They caution against taking from a Roth IRA before exhausting your other options. This, I assume, also would be tax-related. It is, and conceptually, I agree with that. So if you go to any financial planning software, they're always going to exhaust your traditional IRAs before you get to your Roths for the exact reason. I would actually say this is somewhat conflicting with what we just talked about, where they said you should wait until you're 75 before you start taking your traditional IRAs. Now they're saying you shouldn't touch your Roths until you've exhausted your traditionals. Well, I guess we shouldn't touch our Roths until we're 10 years past dead based (laughs) upon that, right? So that doesn't necessarily make sense. Um, However, Roth IRAs are the single best tax vehicle, you know, tax haven of an investment vehicle in the tax code. So if you know that that money is going to be tax-free, you would want that pot of money to be as big as possible before you take it. I agree with that 100%. However, it also is tax-free. So if you're looking at, let's say, for example, um, the more money you make, the more you pay for Medicare. Most people don't know that, but there's five or six different tiers of Medicare premium payments, and it's based upon your income. 
So if theoretically we were we needed an extra five grand, but if we take it, it's going to jack our Medicare up by a hundred bucks a month. There could be a logical sense in saying I'm going to take that money from my Roth so that it doesn't jack up my Medicare premiums. So there are certain reasons why you might want to access it before the last pot of money. But in general, I agree. Okay, so that's what we want to do is have people avoid making big mistakes in retirement. And I get it. If you're sitting there and you haven't started and you feel like, oh, wow, you know, I should have started 10 years ago. uh, Don't let this be like so many people's approach to going to the dentist. I haven't been in two, three years. I'm ashamed to go. They'll get on my case about not going. Uh, This is a problem that will not go away. If you haven't started a retirement plan If you haven't looked at your investments in a long time, if you're nervous about what you'll find when you look, uh, all those things, pretty common. There's nothing that Josh is going to encounter when he sits with you for a consultation that he hasn't encountered already. And believe me, it's not an experience where you get beat up. It's an experience you walk away from with more knowledge. Knowledge is power. And for us, it was peace of mind. So I would uh, highly advocate that you sit for that consultation at Aptus Wealth Management. They're located in Lewis Center, not far from 270 and 23-614-917-1040, Aptus Wealth, A-P-T-U-S, aptuswealth.com. We're in an era here where we've had these recession fears for a long, long time, and now uh, there was an inherent skepticism that the Fed could raise interest rates just the right amount, the Goldilocks amount, and avoid a recession. We had a blip of two consecutive quarters of negative GDP growth, technical recession, but not a prolonged recession. Um, is there anything inherent about the period of time that we're in, I don't know, pandemic related or anything that made this period of inflation control and interest rate hikes and all those things more difficult to predict what would happen than previous eras? We went through a period of super high inflation in the 80s and they got it under control by raising interest rates. There was no pandemic in the middle of that. Um, Is there anything now that kind of causes us to be uncertain about where we were headed or interest rate hikes always bring down inflation, but drive up unemployment and blah, blah, blah. Are the factors rock solid that we should be able to predict what's coming? We we just may not have the stomach to experience it. That's a big question. Yeah. Well, Um, I I think, you know, if we look back on all of these types of issues where we've had uh, out of control inflation, even including the seventies and eighties, we're always late. So being able to predict it has mm-hmm. never been easy, and it's not easy now. I don't think we could ignore that we have a much more global economy now than we did back in 1970 and 1980. True. So that certainly adds a extra layer to it. I mean, we saw this during the pandemic. I mean, really what caused inflation? Well, it was printing of money. We can't mm-hmm. ignore that. It was you know our own economic issues within our country, but it was also the... Uh, supply chain issues from overseas, which our reliance upon other countries for many goods and services is far higher today than it was back in 1970, 1980. Mm-hmm. That said, I think as we look at uh, how it's being covered, we cannot ignore the polarity that exists both in politics, which is always pretty polarizing. It has been forever, but I don't think I am speaking out of turn by saying the polarity as it relates to the, 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 Uh, political environment today is far greater than before. And is that because of the actual political environment? Is the recession fears greater today than they were before? Or are we being told over and over and over again by a polarized news outlet 
that it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. Never mind. Don't look. Everything's great. Everything's great. And again, it's about the clicks. So to answer your question, I think that the severity of the topic is covered so much that we have more fear, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't mean that it's not real and it doesn't mean that we don't have extra issues to face. And I think a lot of that stems from uh, the global economy issue. Yeah. And of course, as you mentioned, uh, we printed a bunch of money during the pandemic. Um, The one thing that's new in the pandemic that was not the case in the 1980s as we shut down, not just the American economy, but the global economy and we paid people not to go to work, and now that money is kind of filtering its way through and how it all shakes out. There's some degree of uncertainty, but what I'm not uncertain about is that I entirely trust Josh and his team at Aptus to be on top of the latest developments and to foresee what is coming down the road. That is what they are legally obligated to do as fiduciaries. My wife and I are clients. We took advantage of the free consultation. And we're really, really impressed with what we heard. Give yourself a chance to be impressed as well. 614-917-1040. AptusWealth.com. A-P-T-U-S, AptusWealth.com. Located in Lewis Center. Josh, thanks for your time today. We look forward to talking to you again next week. You as well. Thanks, Bruce. Thanks for joining us on the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Radio Show. I'm Bruce Hooley here with Josh Pick of Aptus Wealth Management. And for the next half hour, the back half of the program, we are excited to talk to you about managing your money. What does that mean? That means that at Aptus, where they are fiduciaries, where they are legally obligated to do what is best for you, you come to them and you charge them with the work and the benefits of that work, the financial rewards for that work that you have earned over your life. And you're not just saving it, setting it aside, putting it in a jar. You're allowing them to steward that and invest that and grow that at a rate than you would be able to if you didn't invest it. So that's the relationship. And the great thing about the relationship with Aptus, and I have one with Aptus, is that they are legally obligated to do what is best for you. They're not the only one. That is a fiduciary relationship. It is common in the industry, but it also exists. uh, There are other types of relationships in the industry. I prefer to have someone who's working on my behalf who is legally obligated to do what is best for me. And I would highly recommend that you take advantage of the free no obligation consultation that you can set up with Josh and his team by calling their office and making an appointment, 614-917-1040. They're located in Lewis Center, which is just off Route 750, and they do service clients outside the area, too. That's one of the uh, vestiges of a pandemic where we learn to communicate electronically. But if you'd like to set up an appointment, 614-917-1040, or you can make it online at aptuswealth.com. We talked in segment one about the jobs report, some of the challenges that brings on. Josh, uh, you have a challenging job. You have a lot of responsibility to people. People put their trust in you, and I know you take that very seriously. So simply when people probably come up to you and find out what uh, you do, they probably say that's a lot of responsibility, and what do you do on a daily basis to manage people's money successfully? Well, on a daily basis, uh, I'm meeting with clients, obviously doing a lot of reviews, a lot of initial appointments, learning a lot about people, a lot about their goals, a lot about what they're trying to accomplish. But ultimately, once those meetings are over, I'm tasked with how do we actually do what we just said we're able to do do for you. So I'm not alone. I have a team that helps me with that. So I I don't have to stare at a screen of, uh, you know, green numbers and red numbers all day. I have other people that do that for me. Um, However, I'm definitely in that quarterback position seat. So... Um, on a daily basis, beyond just meeting with clients, we're constantly reviewing where do we want to be as far as investments go overall. Now, I just got done saying that everybody has their individual plan and everybody's unique, but at the same time, we're all kind of shades of gray of similar. So we have various portfolios that we utilize. 
Um, and then everybody has maybe a different percentage within those portfolios because, you know, just beyond the stock market, there's annuity contracts and money markets and all, all these different instruments that sure. we can utilize. But as it relates to the stock market in general, um, our job is determining where do we want to be in the market? Think of sectors. How much do we want to be in large value companies versus large growth companies because of what's happening in the economy? And then beyond that, what are the best money managers to utilize to achieve that? And then we have to take into account taxes and all these other things. This might sound like an overwhelming process, but much like I'm sure since here we are sitting across from you uh, and you've dealt with a lot of doctors here as of late, <laughs> um, if they tried to explain their job to me, it would sound like how in the world do you understand all of that stuff? Well, if you've dedicated your whole life to it, it it, it seems a lot smaller of a, of a job, but... Um, I for am very fortunate and that the people that help me can dedicate their entire day to doing just those things. Well, I think of this process, uh, if you put it in the terms of maybe building a house, you have uh, a blueprint to build a house. You call it the Aptus Retirement Blueprint. Having sat through the process, having engaged in the process, and now having you represent my wife, Sherry, and I, I know that you presented to us scenarios that could result from certain strategies that you would recommend on our behalf. And you gave us this is the upside of the strategy. This is the risk. This is what the risk can, how the risk can be mitigated. This is how it can be managed. And then those decisions we make, we make them, but we make them based off information that you give us, and we evaluate that information dispassionately in terms of what our goals are and what we want to accomplish and what kind of risk that we're comfortable with. But if you think of the blueprint for Aptis extrapolated out to the blueprint for building a house, sometimes you're building a house and, oh, gee, we didn't know that this area of where we're going to build the foundation is sinking a little bit, or we didn't know this problem is going to come up over here, the rafters that we built, the wood was rotten or whatever. So a lot of the blueprint process being executed from a starting point to a successful finishing point is adjusting to adversity and things that occur in the middle of that. So unpack that for us a little bit for clients who would be interested in how vigilant are you to these things that are going on that can come out of not nowhere to you because you're on top of it, but can affect the original blueprint that I'm sure is sound, but market conditions can make things almost require an adjustment in midstream. Yeah, I think sometimes, you know, in that scenario, you're reliant, if you're using the blueprint example, you're going to be heavily reliant upon, well, if your carpenter comes across something, he can usually fix it. Mm -hmm. So we definitely have our carpenters and our et cetera, but we're, we're the foreman. We created the blueprint and we're overseeing the entire build of the house. So sometimes we'll see opportunities or things that could really get in the way that it's our job to point out to those people swinging the hammer. So for example, as rates have gone up, exponentially over the last year or so, has that created opportunities? Of course, it's created problems, but also opportunities. So a large part of my last few months has been helping clients take advantage of the significant increase in interest rates. That can be as simple as saying, hey, I know because we've talked that you have fifty, hundred thousand dollars $100,000 sitting in a savings account that's kind of your emergency fund. How much are you earning on it? Well, I'm, you know, the bank's paying me point nothing or 1.2. <laughs> Well, does 5.24 sound better? Because that's what we can do in a money market in Schwab right now, um, as of today, at least. Yeah. You know, it changes every day. Yeah, rates change every day. So, you know, that's one thing. Uh, another thing that's been very advantageous for folks is, you know, annuity contract rates have been basically the same for the last 10 years or so. Well, now they're three, sometimes four times better than what people had before. So does that mean that we're changing the entire plan? No, 
we still believe that that is a good fit for your scenario, but why wouldn't we take advantage of a raise in interest rates, et cetera? So, you know, there's always this kind of evolving process going on. We can never make everything perfect, but we can always improve our situation. So I always joke, you know, the best time to do a plan was yesterday. The second best time is today. Well, similarly, when it comes to investments, yeah, I wish I would have bought Microsoft 20 years ago, but I didn't. Um, So now what should I buy today? And then if I'm wrong, how do I adjust it so it doesn't alter my goals? 614-917-1040 is the number at Aptis. They're very easy to get to. They're not far from 23 and 270, just off Route 750 in Lewis Center. 614-917-1040. The obligation to have a consultation doesn't exist. The obligation to act on the consultation doesn't exist. It's an opportunity for you to, in my view, get smarter and understand these concepts more. I think Josh does a great job of explaining them here on the show. And when he joins my show, is when I get back on a regular basis at 9.30 a.m. every Monday, but set up your consultation. No obligation. 614-917-1040. 614-917-1040. And I mean, there are a lot of sad things that can happen in a person's life. I can't think of something that would be, um, you know, a, a whole lot more sad than someone who has worked, who has invested, and then is doing it on their own. And they miss a signal that you as a professional fiduciary, somebody legally obligated to do what's best for them, wouldn't miss And they end up not penniless, but certainly compromised. And so one of the things I want to I want to bring up is that we are hearing now a lot. And this is not aimed at anyone or anything, but we have many people who are advocating in this volatile market for precious metals. There are many, 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 it seems to me, gold advertisements out there. We used to be on the gold standard. We're not on the gold standard anymore. Does that make gold more attractive or less attractive that we're no longer what backing our currency by a physical presence of gold in Fort Knox? Yeah, and we haven't done that for a really, really long time. That was you know taken away back during the Nixon administration. So we have not been on the gold standard for quite some time. And you'll hear words like the United States is now a fiat currency, which means that we don't have to back our dollars with any amount of gold saying that our dollars are worth some percentage of gold which is why the Fed is able to print as much money as they really want to print and have as much control over monetary policy as they do. And there's a lot of pundits that believe, uh, myself being one of them, that that wasn't necessarily the best choice and that there's always this possibility because of our manipulation of our currency that we could be taken off of the world currency, right? And for those of you who don't know, when you transact business in most places around the world, You convert your currency to U.S. dollars before you trade with another country because the U.S. dollar is viewed as a very stable currency. You wouldn't want to trade your currency with a very small nation because I sold my widget for 10 bucks, and by the time I go to turn it back into a dollar, it's only worth 50 cents. I had a friend who went on a mission trip to South America, and uh, we gave him $100 to help on his trip, and he gave me back uh, some kind of a bill that had like multiple million number printed on it. For sure. And and you'll see sometimes, I've heard this from clients too, you know, I bought a bazillion uh, Iraqi doll, uh, yeah. you know, grands or whatever they're called. And they, they feel like sometimes we have a lack of understanding of what that means. It doesn't mean you have $10 billion. It just means you have 50 cents like everybody else that yeah. owns that amount of money in U.S. dollars. But the point there is if the U.S. dollar is taken away as the world currency, what impact would that have on the U.S. dollar? And there's a whole bunch of forecasts of what that would do. Now, I don't think that we're necessarily subject to that occurring anytime soon, but you're hearing kind of some alliances between China and Russia and India, and maybe they're going to start doing their own little deal over there, and what impact is that going to have on us? And I'm not denying that those are all true, 
But we'll use that, certain people will use that fear to say the only way to protect the purchasing value of your dollars is to take those dollars and go buy a bunch of gold. And that may be correct, it may be false, but the people who are pitching it don't necessarily have a fiduciary standard. They are, in fact, gold salesmen. And we cannot ignore that fact. That's important to know. Gold is much like a house. If you buy a house today and you turn around and sell it tomorrow, there's expenditures in buying and selling that house. Well, gold is the same way. I buy gold today. I pay a certain price. If I want to turn around and sell that piece of gold tomorrow, I do not get as much money for the gold as what I just paid for it because there's a bid and an ask price. Who makes the spread? The people are telling you that you need to buy gold. So do people who buy and sell gold care what the price of gold is or whether it goes up or goes down? No. They just care that people are selling gold and buying gold. So the bigger the market, the more profit. The bigger the fear, the bigger the spread between what they're paying for it and what they're selling for it because demand goes up. So if I was selling gold for a living, I would want as much fear and as much demand for gold as possible, which is why you see commercials for gold right after the commercial that says buy a bunch of food for your basement in case, you know, total economic collapse hits. I think maybe the question, though, is, is now a good time to buy gold? Perhaps. However, you always have to remember that while you're investing, or the reason why you're investing, the purpose for your investment is not just to preserve what you got. It's to grow the income you receive off of it. And what income does gold derive? Nothing. Would I be correct in saying that your gold is worth what someone else will pay for it? Absolutely. And your gold is akin to a savings account that's shinier. Your gold is akin to a preservation of capital, not a growth of capital. But sometimes we lose out on that because on one hand, they'll say gold is a great uh, safe haven in this economic collapse. And then right in the same conversation, they'll say, and when that total economics collapse hits, gold will skyrocket and it'll be the only thing worth a bazillion dollars. It's like the Bitcoin argument, Mm -hmm. right? Well, that may or may not be true, but the picture that they paint is one of like the early 1800 settler days where we're all carrying around velvet satchels with little gold coins in our purses. If we have total economic collapse like that, do you really think anybody's going to care about gold? They're going to care about food and safety. So my point is, it is a good safe haven in short periods of time. It is a terrible long-term investment unless you own a company that's selling gold. Josh, pick Bruce Hooley with you. This is the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Radio Show. 614-917-1040 is the number at Aptus to make your appointment. You can also make it online at Aptus Wealth, A-P-T-U-S, AptusWealth.com. So uh, gold is being portrayed, and I mean, look, it's, a, it's, a, it's an advertisement. It's advertisers are trying to sell you something. They're trying to sell you gold. It is being portrayed as a magic bullet. And we're not here to say no. We're just here to enlighten and hopefully help people understand. But it kind of feels to me like because the gold standard has a romance sort of appeal to people because it protected the currency of the of the entire United States of America, we have been able to, the people who advertise gold as the panacea, have been able to sell people on the fact that, well, our government was not smart enough to stay with the gold standard, but you, by buying individual gold, by physic, physical gold, by 
doubloons or whatever, you're sort of protecting yourself with your own individual gold standard. The government won't do it on your behalf as a country, but you can do it for yourself as an individual. Yeah, it's, and it's a viewed as this supreme inflation hedge, when in reality, it is an inflation hedge, but gold isn't just correlated to the U.S. dollar. It's correlated to every currency in the world, right? I mean, gold has a uh, shy of the numismatic value of things like, you know, old gold coins, but just general melt gold just has a world value. What are people, how much electronics is using gold? What's the demand for gold rings? So think about, you know, it, those of you who bought rings in the last 20 years, yeah. you know, I mean, gold is coming back in a fad, but for a while it was platinum. Nobody wanted gold rings. They wanted platinum rings. And now it's kind of coming back to gold. So it all is hinged upon not just currency, not just a hedge against the dollar, but what is the demand for gold overall? And then there's this other kind of ancillary risk, I guess, associated with gold. There are a lot of mines out there that have gold in them. And people are not mining those mines right now because, well, gold isn't at $5,000 an ounce. But the second that it's worth $5,000 an ounce, it makes sense to turn the manufacturing plant back on. Yes, it does. So what's going to happen when that happens? Well, we're going to have more gold in the market. Well, what happens when we have more supply and the same, I mean, then it kind of comes back down. So gold ebbs and flows over time. Now I say all of this, but I'd be a hypocrite not to tell you that have we owned gold in our portfolios in certain times? We have. Are we a long-term holder of gold where we just always have 10% of our money in gold? Absolutely not. So even in this time, I want to just wrap this part of the conversation up, but I want to ask a question that I think people need to know the answer to if they're thinking of this. Is it possible even in this short term to buy physical gold and lose money on it? Or is it just that you'll hold or you'll gain a bit but there are other investment vehicles that you at Aptus would recommend. Is it yeah. possible to lose it in the short term, like even now as everybody's saying buy it? Yeah, it can be very expensive to buy gold. I mean, particularly in today's economy, let's say that gold is 2000 I'm just using random numbers, yeah. but gold's $2,000 an ounce, but it's in such high demand that if you sell gold, you only get 1900 an ounce. But if you buy it, you're paying 2000 an ounce. Well, that means for every ounce that you're buying and selling, there's a $100 spread in there. And on top of that... Let's say you want to convert your IRA into a gold IRA, yeah. right? And I've seen this many times sure. coming to the office. We all heard that. The fees associated with just holding the gold inside of your account can be exorbitant. I had a client come in that had a Roth IRA, only had about $15,000 in it. He was being charged hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars every quarter just to hold the account because they were holding his gold coins in a vault somewhere, yep. allegedly. Yep. And then what happens? Well, he says, I want to get rid of this because I'm paying all these fees. And they say, no problem. We'll get rid of your gold. Well, what price will you give me for it? Well, they get to control the price because they're the ones holding the gold, right? So you're left kind of in this captured uh, position, which can be very disheartening for some. No doubt. 614-917-1040. Speak with Josh. Get your free consultation. You have questions. May not have to do with gold. May have to do with something else. You'll sit down. You'll have a conversation about what you've done to this point when it comes to investing your money. And Josh will, as that process unfolds with no obligation, design the Aptus blueprint that he, in concert with you, deemed to be a sound, solid strategy to help you grow your nest egg so that you arrive at financial independence later on in life. What you do is incredibly complex, incredibly important. There are a lot of things that people may hear, gold, precious metals, convert to IRAs, one of them. There's a term out there that I hear a lot that I don't understand, and the term is shorting. Shorting to me has always kind of felt like 
you're not gambling, but you're uh, you're going to be rewarded if you're successful at shorting. And you, I'm guessing here, if you are correct about what you expect to happen in the future. Is that what shorting is, or can you give me a little bit of a primer on what shorting is? Yeah, so the general terms in the market are going long on the market or going short on the market. And long means you're betting on the market or a stock or an asset of some kind going up. Shorting it means you're betting on it going down. So when you hear, you know, for example, remember the movie The Big Short? Yes, yes. And The Big Short was based upon uh, that particular gentleman, betting on the U.S. housing market collapsing. And when it collapsed, he made hundreds of millions of dollars because he bet against what everybody else believed. So you're hearing a lot of hedge fund managers, for example, are shorting the market right now, are shorting certain asset classes. Lots are shorting long treasury, for example. Their their belief is that rates on the long treasury are going to drastically drop. So they are simply betting that that occurs, and if it does... There's another person betting the opposite from them, and it's just like you said. It's kind of a gamble. Mm -hmm. Now, that kind of, we call it naked shorting, where you're just, you don't have your positions covered. Your possibility of loss is essentially everything. You could lose everything. If you you just go out and buy a bunch of, you know, short puts, and you say, I'm just going to invest a billion dollars in it, and you don't have the asset that you're shorting to kind of collateralize that, you can lose all of your money. But there are reasons why you might want to do those things for a less kind of, let's say, extreme or gambling perspective. For example, there are products currently out that exist that say, if the S&P 500 goes up, I get up to this X percent. Mm -hmm. And if the S&P 500 goes down, I am protected or insulated against this percentage of drop. How are they achieving that? They're achieving that with puts and calls. So they are essentially going long in the market up to a certain amount of your money and then going short up to a certain amount of money so that they're bookending your returns. If that sounds complicated, it is. But know this. There are plenty of investments right now that exist that look very attractive that would say if the market goes up, you get up to X percentage. And if it goes down, you can quite literally determine how much risk reward you want. So if the market goes up 15 I get 15. If it goes up 20, I only get 15. If it goes down, I'm on the hook for the first five, but the next 25 I'm insulated against. Or maybe I don't like that idea. Maybe I'd rather say, I don't even want to lose five if it goes down. Well, then we're only going to give you 11.75 if it goes up, but we'll insulate you against the first 20 on the down. Well, that's different. I want to be insulated more. Okay, well, then we'll only give you nine. And you can quite literally book or or build Mm -hmm. what makes the most sense for me. What is palatable for me? Well, and... You know, I'll take you guys behind the curtain a little bit when Sherry and I sat with Josh and his team. A, I didn't know about that option. And B, it's kind of a poor reflection on my creativity financially, I guess, is that you're allowed to put a portion into one that might be higher upside. You're allowed to put a portion into one that's more protected upside. And that's what, Josh, you discuss and get to know with your client, gauging their risk balancing it against how many more years did you have to work to invest to supply the assets to grow. That's all part of this no obligation consultation that you offer at Aptus. Yeah, I think, you know, my job is is education. And unfortunately for the bulk of us, we we have a pretty good general understanding of at least the terms. We know there's stocks, we know there's bonds, 
We know that bonds are a little less risky than stocks. We know that stocks can, quote unquote, I can lose all my money, which isn't necessarily true if you invest correctly. Mm-hmm. And then we have all the stuff at the bank. And that's about all there is, right? When in reality, there are shades of gray in between those two pendulum opposites all over the place. And for most, you know, if I said, hey, are you aggressive or are you conservative? Everybody go kind of right in the middle. But yet we invest <laughs> aggressive and conservative and we have nothing in the middle. So, you know, the objective of this, uh, not the initial consultation, we're just kind of getting to know you, but towards the end, we want to find out what fits for you mm-hmm. and then deliver to you ideas that are probably going to be very attractive to you. Because unless you stick to the plan, what's the point of the plan anyway? You're just going to do the wrong thing at the wrong time and hurt yourself worse. Yeah, and for my, me personally, folks, it's the greatest thing. The returns are great, uh, and I'm not making a promise of return. But what for me uh, was the best thing is that I now am not in control of making a big mistake that I can't recover from. I've put someone in control of that because I trust them, because they've earned my trust, and they are monitoring it they understand my mindset they're going to i believe deliver great results for us but we understand it and have peace of mind set that up for yourself with a free consultation 614-917-1040 614-917-1040 or do it online at aptus wealth aptus aptuswealth.com The airing of this program by this station is not an endorsement or recommendation by the station of the products or services discussed in the program. The station does not guarantee the results of any investments made by a listener to this program. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.